Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome on into Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios, third floor North Park building in Santa Falls, New York. Paul Russo, Kyle Evans to my right. Man working all the buttons and making all the things happen. Behind the scenes, Nate Sharman, as always. Appreciate everybody coming on board. Boys, how you feeling today? How we doing? Thursday, almost Friday. Yeah, it's good that it's almost Friday, but it's a little miserable in Yankee land. But... <laughs> The Andrew Benatendi trade made me happy, so I guess it's a little good right yep. now. Stuff we'll all discuss. Nate, all good over there? All good over here. Uh, it's been fun to watch the Subway Series the last few days as a neutral party. <laughs> just kind of observe. Just sure. watch baseball. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, obviously get to the Subway Series. Stuff to discuss there. Cal tip it off, obviously, a little bit, but if you haven't heard, Andrew Benatendi is a Yankee. We'll discuss that a little bit more as well. Take a look at the weekend ahead, news and notes, and, of course, the Red Wings and S-Mets. So uh, let's jump right on in here. Um, the Mets uh, sweep the Subway Series. The two games set, uh, a bit of a smaller one than what we usually deal with. Uh, start with Tuesday, obviously, a uh, 6-3 to three Met victory, uh, kind of being an offensive onslaught, kind of out of the jump a little bit there and kind of made all the difference for the Mets. Taiwan Walker picks up the win. Moves the eight and two on the year, a two six seven ERA for him. Jordan Montgomery picks up the loss, moves on to three and three on the year, three and a half ERA. And then Sugar Diaz uh, gets his twenty second save. More on him in just a few minutes as well. Your top performers for the visiting New York Yankees: Aaron Judge two for four, hit a solo home run in the first inning. Also worked a walk later on. Anthony Rizzo two for four, hit a solo shot in the first as well. And then. Uh, Poking his head out once again, Aaron Hicks, two for three, a walk and a run scored. For the Mets, uh, their offensive uh, onslaught powered by, of course, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, goes three for three with a walk, RBI double in the first mm-hmm. inning for him. Starling Marte came along the way with a solo home run and a double as well, scoring two runs. It also goes two for four. Then Eduardo Escobar uh, more or less hit what would end up being a really electric uh, two-run home run to take the uh, lead and one that the Mets didn't look back on in the first inning, uh, one for four with that as well. Um, so, uh, you know, some we've talked about really is where the Mets offense kind of gets into these weird sluggish stages over the course of really a matter of days sometimes. But, uh, look, Tuesday came out of the gates pretty much firing away on all cylinders, pretty much knew what they had to do off the jump. Um, you know, some stuff the Yankees kind of want talking a little bit on because it's a lot like the Sugar Diaz thing, just going in a different opposite way. Uh, we'll also talk about that in a couple of minutes. But um, look, credit to the Mets. Just came out of the gates firing, knowing what they had to do. Uh, pretty much sat Montgomery to what they figured he was going to do. And credit to, you know, really the staff of the Mets because, look, scouting report pretty much appeared to be spot on for that offense. And um, just like I said, came out of the gates strong. Taiwan Walker. Obviously gave up too quick in the first, but, you know, like I said, you know, especially after Eduardo Escobar two-run home run, they just didn't look back. Yeah, and it was kind of odd to me that the score only ended up being 6-3 um, because when that first inning, after that first inning, it just seemed like it was going to be a slugfest, like maybe like a 12-10 game, and I was all for it, but the offense kind of got quiet after that. The pitching was really good, and 
it's a good win for the Mets. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, um, and this is where I think we can talk about Montgomery a little bit. Um, look, I know he hasn't had a ton of run support, but the past few starts from haven't been they haven't been good. Um, you know, he's kind of hovering uh, within the past five starts at an ERA, kind of sitting at about seven. Um, he, I noticed really for the first time on Tuesday, he was working pretty much exclusively from the stretch. Um, I don't know. He doesn't look entirely comfortable out there either, I thought. I don't know what your thoughts kind of are. I'm, I'm a big Montgomery guy. He's always kind of – when he's healthy, he reminds me a lot of Andy Pettit, to be honest. I don't think he's obviously maybe going to be as good as Pettit at this point. Uh, but he, he gives me a lot of Pettit vibes, right? Big big lefty, um, can be crafty, but does have that fastball with him sometimes. But I, I don't know. He just seems very off right now. He doesn't appear hurt. If he's hurt, he's hiding it very well. Um, probably better than he has in his career. I don't. I don't want to laugh and make it sound like a joke, but um, if that's the case, he's doing a really good job at hiding it. So, um, you know, I'm not too sure what's going on. I, I don't know if maybe this is one of those baseball funks he's in, or if maybe this is the next step in his career where he needs to kind of figure it out now and take that next step. Yeah, I'm a fan as well. Um, he definitely is struggling. Um, maybe uh, maybe he needs to work with Matt Blake again and yeah. try to figure something out. Matt Blake has been so good. Um, at getting guys back on track. But, yeah, right now, if the postseason were to start, there's a lot of guys in that rotation right now that I just wouldn't trust. And this is why Brian Cashman has to go out and address the situation. So let's um, kind of pivot. I do um, – you brought up a good point, and we'll discuss more on that, obviously, in a little bit uh, with Ben Benintendi, uh, that trade. But uh, let's just focus the Mets here again. Um only because uh, with the game last night on Wednesday, he wasn't used. Uh, you know, he, he was obviously picked up the 22nd save of his season on, on Tuesday night, uh, Edwin Diaz. Just he's on an absolute tear this year and now entering historical uh, territory in nature. Um, at this point, he's his strikeout rate is a pretty much incredible 17 per nine innings. Um, for a closer, um, to put that into context, um, he's pretty much getting two of every three at this point, um, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, like I said, this is entering for him historical territory at this point. Um, and this is a guy that, uh, the Mets went out and got, um, you know, going into the 2019 season was more or less, um, uh, unfortunately, I tagged along with Robinson Cano. I think a lot of people kind of forget that that trade was actually meant to get Diaz, and the Mets kind of got just stuck with Cano in that deal. Uh, but this was a guy that the Mets went out and got very solid in 2019, past obviously a couple seasons or season and a half, depending upon how you address the 2020 season. Bit of a, we'll call it a nomadic period, kind of trying to find himself again. But it would appear that Edwin Diaz has entered that top echelon of closers again in the MLB. Yeah, he's been so impressive this year. Um, watching him the other night get the four-out save against that kind of Yankees lineup, just cruising through it. Struck out all four batters that he faced. I was just super impressed by it, especially because of his struggles over the last couple seasons. He has been solid at times, but this season he's been one of the best in the league. I know he's not as good as Nate's favorite, you know, David Bednard, but, um, you know, <laughs> I kid. I kid. Take it easy, Mets fans. Uh <laughs> 
I, you know, Diaz is another interesting guy because obviously a baseball family, his brother pitches for the Reds. He's one of their, um, you know, albeit their situations are a little bit different given where they are, but he's one of their, you know, top end relievers, as I call it, one of the high leverage relievers uh, that they use. Um, and it's always, it's always fascinating to me, kind of the baseball family. And to me, you see it more often than in case not with these players coming from, you know, the Caribbean area, you know, whether, you know, you look at through history, like the Alou brothers, um, and kind of, I guess, moving through now where, you know, you have like the Molinos more recently, um, I guess, you know, although they haven't fully reached that potential yet, the Cespedes is, <laughs> um, Hernandez is obviously pitching back in the nineties. So, um, you know, maybe it's the Diaz, the Diaz echelon time to go now with, uh, the closing staff, which would be cool to see. I think it'd be cool for baseball. Anytime you get the family involved, it's it's always kind of cool to see. So, all right, let's uh, look at Wednesday's game last night—a three-to-two mm-hmm. Met victory, a walk-off victory. We'll touch on that obviously in a second. Seth Lugo picks up the win, two and two now. The bullpen a three-four-nine ERA for him. Wandy Peralta two and three now on the year, a two-four-three ERA. Um, your top performers for the Yankees: Glaber Torres hit a two-run home run, went one for four on the day. DJ LeMayhew, another, uh, you know, solid just day for him. Two for four with a walk. Uh, J.O. Herman, no decision. Went four and two-thirds. Gave up two earned, two walks and seven Ks. If there's any positive, did look much, much better compared to that Houston outing last week. Uh, for the Mets, Pete Alonzo went one for three, a solo home run and a walk. Uh, Max Scherzer, no decision. Seven innings, five hits, six strikeouts for him. Another pretty much classic Mad Max outing. Uh on his birthday, nonetheless, happy birthday to Max yesterday. And then Starling Marte, as I mentioned, went two for five, hit the walk-off single in the ninth inning, uh, collected, obviously, that RBI there. Um, look, the, the Yankees were down, though, in that game, fairly fair from, I wouldn't say the jump, obviously, but, you know, um, 2 nothing for pretty much the whole game and uh, able to come alive there close to the end. Um and, you know, I do feel bad, admittedly. I feel like the only time we really kind of bring up Wandy sometimes is in these situations when um, he's been really good for the Yankees collectively all year. Um, and, you know, to be fair, this is actually something that I know, Kyle, you just missed this portion of the conversation, but talking off air with, with Nate and uh, Josh uh, before the podcast a little bit, um, this isn't the scenario that the Yankees have Wandy Peralta for. Um, don't know really exactly – why he was there in a, this high leverage situation per se. Um, I admittedly was unable to watch the game yesterday, so I was only able to really keep up with updates throughout the game for, for both sides. So, um, no, I don't know. I, you know, personally, I think you probably could have gone with a couple different options over Wandy. Again, I like Wandy. He's been great for the Yankees all year. It's just that um, he gets put in these tighter situations and, um, Things don't seem to shake out the way they they hope to. Yeah, he loves to serve up uh, the walk off hits. <laughs> it was that twice now in the last yeah. month. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. He's been good, but it's not the guy I want in a tie game and right. uh, in the ninth inning. But they did already in that game use Jonathan Luizica and Michael King or Clay Holmes. Sorry. Um, so I mean, like the bullpen is just kind of weak right now. They got to go out and definitely add someone. Um, for those type of moments because guys can't pitch, you know, three days in a row, four days in a row, other guys have to step up. And I think that's why Boone went to Peralta and he just failed again. Yeah. I, and I don't know, like, I, I know I brought this up and I know Nate, I think you mentioned to me that, um, that 
Chapman might have been used a little bit earlier in the game. Like, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I know where we kind of stand collectively here, at least at the table, uh, on Chapman. I think they used him Tuesday. I don't think they used oh, okay. him yesterday. Yeah, Tuesday. But, but I'd rather have Chapman out there in that situation than Wandy, um, only because at least Chapman's used to those situations fully. He, You know, especially if you're just going to use a lefty, you just – Get the guy out there who's, I guess, has that experience at that point in the high leverage, you know, situations. Albeit maybe the game gets done two at bats sooner in this situation with the way Chapman's been this year. But um, I, I think I'd rather go down by that sword than 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 the Wandy sword. Yeah, Wandy didn't just allow a run. I mean, he allowed three hits. Yeah. That's not good. No. Um, pivoting obviously to the Mets again uh, with this game. Obviously, you know, jump out early. Um, fall behind, but end up really, like you mentioned, they end up using that ninth inning extremely well. The offense, um, you know, maybe, again, um, got a little bit of a rut within the game itself anyway, but certainly proved that when push came to shove, they got they could get the job done. Um, I know we'll, we'll touch on this, obviously, with the Mets notes. Obviously, pitching in their the pitcher's health has been quite the interesting uh, trend this year for them. But, again, Max Scherzer just – Looked like classic Max Scherzer again last night. Yeah, he was so good. Um, I was just like impressed. Like Aaron Judge looked overmatched, which you don't see too often this I'll year. I say you got got the hat trick on Judge. Yeah, and I think that was only the second time Judge has struck out three times in a game this year. Mm-hmm. So that was really impressive by Scherzer. And yeah, uh, it's good to see him back. And if the Mets are gonna have success in the postseason, he's gonna be a, the bigger reason why. Right. Go ahead. He's on my short list of most fun pitchers to watch. I just, I don't know. He's just a lot of fun to watch. Well, I mean, he's just an absolute, like, Matt, I mean, I call him Mad Max, and I know that's kind of one of his nicknames that he's had through the years. I know, um, I think it's kind of cooled off as of late to a degree, only because he's entering, he's in his age 38 season. So people think you sometimes calm down in age, but no, I mean, this is a guy who still is out there. I mean, psychopathically sometimes on the mound. Yeah, and same thing with Cole, too. I like yeah. watching him, especially. Yeah, I love Stealing. how Scherzer's, like, super locked in. Yeah. Like, if he gives up a hit, he's pissed. <laughs> yeah. He's, you brought up a good point. I, I'll leave the table to you, but you brought up a good point about Max. Um, I, I don't know exactly when the exact timing of why he triggered him happened. Uh, but, um, look, for, for those who don't know, obviously with the sign stealing, we have new technology in the MLB this year kind of like with football with the quarterback, and he brought up a, a, an interesting point uh, about it yesterday. Yeah, it says he hasn't like pitchcom, like, uh, you know, doing it the old way with the signs, which is kind of very interesting, especially coming from a pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, pitchers are with guys behind them in second. They think they're stealing signs, and I was just it was kind of interesting to hear that from him, but I guess he's an old-school type pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, he, But that's the thing. He's used to it all year, so I don't know what why all of a sudden yesterday triggered it. But, again, that's why he's Mad Max. That's why he's Max Scherzer. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's um. Let's talk about the Mets news and notes. Um. Only because obviously it's the floor is theirs. They they take the series. They swept. So, um, a lot of I what I'll call positive news and notes for the Mets for the most part. Uh, catcher James McCann is ahead of schedule and healing, uh, from his strained left oblique. Um, and his dude either. I, I know some reports are saying today, some are saying tomorrow for a rehab assignment. Um, at least as of right now, it's 11, 11 18 uh, a.m. They don't know where yet. So keep an eye out for um, for that. Speaking of rehabs, 
Jacob DeGrom likely made his final rehab start yesterday with AAA Syracuse. He has allowed four runs and four innings pitched yesterday there. Um, if there's any consolation, his slider appeared to be really on uh, as he got going a little bit yesterday. Fastball seemed a little bit down, but um, as long as his, I guess, full um, de-escalation from pitching goes well uh, from yesterday, he should be due back up with the Mets for his next spot in the rotation uh, at some point mid to late next week, depending upon what happens. And hopefully when he gets back, the Mets score him some runs. Because right. that's kind of been the theme, or it was when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of pitching in that, right-hander Trevor May rehab with Syracuse yesterday as well. Uh, gave up one run and one inning of work. He's expected to have no pitching the next two days, so today and tomorrow. But uh, pitching back-to-back outings over the weekend on the 30th and 31st. As long as everything goes good there, Buck Showalter also said that he expects Trevor May back up with the big league club at that point. And then lastly, uh, the aforementioned on the last podcast, Travis Blankenhorde has been outright to AAA Syracuse officially after being designated for assignment uh, over the course of the past week. For the Mets, off today, three games down in Miami against the Marlins. Marlins currently still staying fourth in the NL East at 46-52, and 52, uh, 15 at games back. There Friday through Sunday on Friday, a 640 first pitch on SNY. Chris Bassett, 7 and 7, a 372 ERA, and Sandy Alcantara, 9 and 4, a 181 ERA <clears throat> for him. Saturday, a 610 first pitch on your local picks affiliate. Cookie Carrasco, 10 and 4, a 407 ERA against to be determined. And then Sunday, a 140 first pitch also on your local picks affiliate. Taiwan Walker, 8 and 2, a 267 ERA against to be announced. Uh, the Marlins, um, for whatever reason, are going to be selling some guys off at the deadline. I'm not too sure why they'd be more than willing to move on from, say, a guy like Pablo Lopez when he could be, you know, the number two in that rotation behind Sandy for years to come. But whatever, I'm not going to sit here and question things. But uh, it's probably a good reason why you have TBA for the Marlins on Saturday and Sunday there. Um I don't think the Mets sweep only because, I mean, I, Sandy's going to be coming out pitching pissed off. I saw him pitch in Pittsburgh uh, on Sunday. It wasn't his overall best outing he's had all year um, collectively. Uh, I, I think the Mets do drop Friday, but take Saturday and Sunday. So I'll go two or three against the Fish. I'm going to say Mets sweep. I think Alcantara will struggle uh, a little bit again. Uh, Batson's been an interesting case, obviously, Um it's tough for the Mets because you have him and, and Carrasco going back-to-back. They do have the two highest CRAs of the starting staff on that team. So um, it'll be interesting, I guess, kind of see there Marlins offense can either be really on or really off. I mean, they came out of the All-Star break, um, and I guess, really through the All-Star break even before. Uh, I think they won 29 shutout innings or something like that where where they got shut out. So um, they're, they're, they're a bit of a mess every now and then, to put it bluntly, and – Embarrassing for a major league team. Yeah, it's tough. All right, let's uh, touch on some Yankee news and notes now. We'll obviously save what we'll call the best for last in this because uh, there certainly deserves to be a bit more discussion surrounding it. So outfielder Giancarlo Stan was formally placed on the 10-day injured list with left Achilles tendonitis. was a bit of an interesting um, situation surrounding it. Um, one of the first, I guess I've kind of, maybe the first in a while that I just, cause I don't remember it, but, um, 
was out, held out of the lineup Sunday. We, we brought it up on Monday that Boone did it just because he felt like he, you know, was kind of just not, not too much banged up, but um, didn't have a ton of rest time in between uh, the games before the All-Star break, through the All-Star break, and then post. Um, kind of described it almost Aaron Judge-esque with that Boston series in a way. I feel like that was a cover-up, though, again. Well, I this is the part that confuses me here. Ends up Monday coming out that Judge goes, gets an MR, or sorry, Stanton rather, goes, gets the MRI done and is put, put on the 10-day injured list with it, and it caught Boone off guard that the, he didn't know what happened. I, I know you're saying it's a cover-up, but, but some of the stuff we know about how the Yankees are kind of operated from the managerial side and then up through to the front office, I wouldn't be surprised if Boone didn't know only because that we know that he's kind of not not so much left out on the decision-making, but we know Cashman obviously has a big hand in the lineup or in, in the guys surrounding him. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to – I don't I, – I think it sounds bad either way, whether it's a cover-up or not having the at least the field manager know what's going on. Yeah, I think they're doing their best to try to get him back. That's why he said he was day-to-day. And if he told the media that he had an injury, they would have, like – Right. Blew it up. Yeah. Um, as a result, outfielder Tim LoCastro was recalled from AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre on a corresponding move. Um, some positives here, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, Luis Severino will be examined at some point today at Yankee Stadium um, and hope to have his throwing program resumed. Uh, he has been held out of throwing since being placed on the IL uh, back pre-All-Star break. Um, right-hand pitcher Michael King underwent surgery yesterday on his fractured right elbow and will be reevaluated in eight to ten weeks. Uh, that will be also not only to just see the healing process for that, but also determine the health of his UCL and determine if Tommy John's surgery will be needed or not. Uh, pre-surgery, it was looking hopeful uh, that he would not, uh, but you know the human body is different, obviously, with surgery and stuff like that. So um, reset and do it all over again, potentially, unfortunately, in eight to ten uh, weeks. All right, here we go. Left fielder Andrew Benintendi was acquired from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for minor leaguers. Uh, right-hand pitcher Chandler Champlain, right-hand pitcher Beck Way, and left-hand pitcher TJ Sikama. Um, not, obviously not top-end prospects. Um, Way and I believe it's Sikama are both in the top 30, but sit somewhere in between like the 20 to the 30 range in the pipeline. I think... I could be wrong, but I think Sycamore might be like 19th actually or someone like that. I don't know the exact number, but I know those two are top 40 or top 30 rather for the Yankees. And then Champlain, I know, is out of the top 30 in the pipeline. Uh, good get for the Yankees, obviously. Needed to go out, get an outfielder. Big questions surrounding whether Ben Intendi would be that guy because of his vaccination status. Um, I see, uh, good to see we have the baseball reference up of Ben Intendi. Um, look, Ben Intendi's on a really collectively the past couple of years now, a career renaissance of sorts, um, whether justifiably or unjustifiably, depending upon where you sit. Um, it, it is being reported that he will get the vaccine since he is coming to New York, um, which is good for Yankee fans and, and the Yankees, obviously. Um, and to me, what also signals with this trade is the fact that the Yankees were able to get it done without any of those major, major prospects that we've discussed uh, through the past really couple weeks, whether it be Dominguez, uh, Peraza, um, you know, 
Volpe. I've heard. I've heard. Well, Volpe. I've heard it's pretty much hands off at this point, unless uh, maybe for Juan Soto. But I've heard. I've heard Waldachuk's name pop up now a little bit. But um, it's good to see that it, it more or less was the prospects that sit outside of I'll, I'll call the top fifteen. Um, what that tells me is the Yankees are still very much in the running for, at least to me anyway. Sounds bad. I'm I'm gonna probably say that we won't get Juan Soto at this point. Love that Juan Soto, but I just don't see how that's possible at this point. Uh, but it's good to see that we're still in the running probably for Luis Castillo at this point. Uh, maybe Frankie Montas as well. Um, you know, I, I know I, I I think he'll go to the Mets in the long run here deal-wise with Wilson Contreras, but to me I think Bradley David Robertson as well with Chicago. Uh, guys like that I think we're still well within the running for. Uh, is this indication to me with what we gave up for Ben Intendi? Uh, just a up, quick update. Uh, Buster only of ESPN just tweeted that the Reds might choose – to hang on to Luis Castillo now. Jesus. Some teams believe they're going to hang on to him. Oh, I hate the Reds. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see if yeah. he uh, – so I think Frankie Montez is a big watch now for the Yankees, if that is true. What's interesting, too, about, about the A's in this situation, um, they have another couple of younger guys there. I don't think they're going to move on from Cole Irvin. They want to hang on to him. But Paul Blackburn, he's had a rough couple starts. Uh, but, look, made the all-star team – Still very good. I'd be intrigued to see if the Yankees also kind of see if he if the A's were willing to send him over with Montas. Yeah, it's worth a try for sure. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm pretty sure, even though we don't think it's going to happen, they're definitely still calling the national. Oh, for sure. Soto. You have to at least still be kicking the tires on, yep. right? Uh, but I know the way it sounds right now. I uh, look, and this is like we don't have like this insider insider info, right? We only can get told what we see or maybe what people just drop lines to us every now and then. Uh, Every indication that I've picked up on at this point is somewhere in the NL West. Yeah, it says the uh, Buster only just tweeted that the Padres are the front runner. Yeah, I, I think I think the Cardinals thing was a bit of smoke. I think the only team out east is going to be the Mets in play, and I know the Nationals just don't want to do anything within division. So I'm guessing the Mets will literally have to give up the entire farm system. But either way. Um, and we'll discuss more, obviously, too, next Monday. Um you know, about the trade deadline. I think we can probably do some fun stuff with that, obviously. And, you know, we're, look, we, pretty much when we get it done taping, right, we have four full days of, of activity to be done anyway. So who knows what, what might happen between now and then. For the Yankees, though, do have a four-game set against the Kansas City Royals. It's funny how things work sometimes, right? Royals are currently 39-59, and 59, uh, last Neal Central, 13 games back. Uh, Thursday through Sunday series, obviously tonight. 705 first pitch on yes. Brady Singer goes for the Royals four and three at 382 ERA. Jameson Tyone ten and two at 393 ERA for him. Tomorrow night, Friday, a 705 first pitch on Amazon Prime Video. The Kyle Evans viewing choice. Yeah, favorite. they just took my money out for <laughs> resubscribing. <laughs> Sixteen dollars. What a joke for every once in well, hold Friday on. night. Wait, do you have Amazon Prime? Yep. It should be. Fr- isn't it included in Prime? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. Not, not to get off topic with that, but I thought Prime Video was included on Prime. I don't know. All I know is they keep taking my money. Well, jokes on everybody then, since I don't have Prime even. So I'll ask Bezos. We'll see what we'll get that straightened out by Monday. <laughs> CEO entrepreneur. <laughs> um, anyway, Chris Bubeck goes for the Royals, uh, two and six, a five five three ERA against Garrett Cole, nine and three, a three oh nine ERA there. 
Saturday, a 205 first pitch on yes. It's also Old Timers Day on Saturday. Zach Grinke, three and six, a four three five ERA against Nasty Nestor Cortez, eight and three, a two four eight ERA for him. And then on Sunday, a 135 first pitch on yes to be determined for the Royals against Jordan Montgomery, three and three, a three oh five three five oh ERA. Nate. So is it confirmed that Ben Attendee flew on the Royals plane and then just got out and switched sides, switched locker rooms and got into the Yankees locker room? It's more unlikely what happened. I mean, I think the the big That's pretty awesome. Well, I'm guessing because the Royals were on a – were they traveling yesterday? I can't remember. But um, either way, they had a getaway game, so they had to have been on at least some sort of team transportation Trade already. They broke last night, and they were they must yeah. have been in the Bronx by uh, – The Royals were playing time. the Angels last night um, yeah, so, in KC. Oh, what time? What time was first pitch? I think it was an 8-10 start, so maybe – oh. Well, I'm guessing he probably flew with them still. Wait, the um, game couldn't have been going, though. They would have pulled him, I would right. think. So the game had to have been over. I'm guessing, to be honest with you, I'm guessing he flew with them. Um, not to say whatever. I think the most, I'll call, mainstream example oh, of Oh, sorry. This. First pitch was 110, so he definitely oh, did fly. Yeah, 100% flew with them. Isn't that a little bit awkward? Um, Yes and no. Um, I th- Like I said, I think the most, no, mainst- it's a business, the most mainstream example of this baseball-wise uh, comes from the movie Moneyball um, oh, yeah, yeah. with uh, what ended up being a deal with the Guardians and Athletics with reliever Ricardo Rincon, um, literally walking down the hallway to swap lockers. But um, it, it happens. I mean, it's not totally, I guess, new. I wouldn't say it's common at the same token, but it certainly isn't something that's, you know, the first time it's ever happened. Right. Yeah. Awkward. I I don't know if I don't know if things could be any more awkward in Kansas City as is anyway. So wow. Um, well, I mean, we know what we mean, right? I mean, all these all the main guys who sat out with not getting the vax and more or less saying at this point officially, like, yeah, you put us on contender, we'll get the vax. I mean, what 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 does that tell you if you're a guy like? You know, I'll, I'll use him as an example, like Chris Bubak, who was this young pitcher, um, going to be locked in with Kansas City for all. Like, what does that tell you? You know, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't make me the happiest player in the world. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so, um, okay, like I always say, four game four game series are tough to sweep. I'll, I'll go on the limb. Screw it. Yankees get the sweep. <laughs> uh, the Yankees split. Split two two. Yep. You, I need some reasoning on this one, Kyle Evans. Just haven't been the same team. I I, I don't know what it is. I think. I mean, they're playing the effective, like, Little League team of the MLB. I see a split. Don't you think they play with some pride, though, seeing Ben Attendee on the other side? That's got to be a little bit of a pump up, right? Except you saw Whit Merrifield and Michael A. Taylor out there with you and, you know, these other guys, (laughs) J.J. Melendez and (laughs) – I don't think this Obviously, is. Obviously, I hope is, for a sweep. This but. is going to sound bad. I know. I know we've talked. We talked a little bit on it with this podcast before, and we've talked off air collectively as a group about this. But we talk about how like the A's are kind of the the at least outright clown show of the MLB. I think the actual clown show might be Kansas City. And remember, they just swept the Astros. Right, the A's did. Yeah. So saying a split here. Isn't the worst I mean, thing. it's entirely possible. I'm not going to say. I mean, baseball's a crazy game. And they won the World Series less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, and also less than 10 years ago, I was in college. 
No comment. Things change. I'm not going to share where I was <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, you don't got to. We know where you were. <laughs> You're in first grade at nap time. Yeah, right. All right, let's – uh. Let's touch base on our minor league squads before we head out of here for the weekend. Uh, Rochester Red Wings are 47-48 now. They fall below 500 for the first time, I think, really since April, to be honest with you. I'd have to double-check that. Uh, tied 6-0 in the Isle East, five games back. Um, and this is also what I'm going to mention for the Mets. Look, it's still a very tight division right now, all things considered. Anything can happen. Uh, Tuesday at 12-5, scranton Wilkesbury victory over Rochester. Jose Mejica picks up the win. To one of your Franklin Colome, a loss one to one. For the Red Wings, top performers Joey Manessis hit a big two run home run at one point, also collecting a number RBI. It's Joey hits bombs, Manessis, by the way. My bad. My bad. Credit to the social media team with the Red Wings. Uh, Donovan Casey, two for four, a double and two runs scored. And then Vargas also picked up a couple RBIs, a double and a run, two for four on the day for him. Yesterday on Wednesday, a 7-4 Rail Rider victory over the Red Wings. Zach Green picks up the win for Scranton. 7-0 on the year. I didn't realize that for him. Might be an interesting name to keep an eye on, I suppose, for the Yankees. Uh, Lost goes to Luis Avilan, Owen Meyer, and then Greg Weiser picks up his 11th save of the year, which is a big number at AAA. We've mentioned, you know, the couple guys we've seen get to double-digit saves. It's, it's pretty impressive when they're able to get that done at that point. Uh, K. Cavalli started no decision, five innings, three hits, three walks, three Ks. Uh, another really good K. Cavalli start, and they just couldn't, I guess, really capitalize when it mattered at that point. Uh, Joey Manessis, another big offensive day, two for four, uh, picked up an RBI triple, brought in another, scored a run. Then David Dahl hit his first Rochester Red Wing home run, two run shot for him, a walk as well along the way. There, a couple news and notes for the Red Wings is that. Right-hand pitchers Will Harris and Reed Garrett will be joining them on rehab assignment through the weekend from Washington. So, um, you know, again, Rochester, just you look, the, the offense is getting is there. Uh, pitching, you know, when it's there, they, they tend not to help out. But, um, look, a tough spot. But this is a Scranton team that we know, I mean, they, they've struggled at a lot of points this year. And there's a lot to be left on the table. I know they are actually getting going right now. They're probably in about the second or third inning, I'd assume, at point of being live right now and you're listening back on the you know after the fact um so be interesting there uh you know mentioned obviously tomorrow night cancer night frontier field cancer survivor night christmas in july on saturday featuring nate do you know who's going to be there on saturday night i think you told me but i, I can't remember it's milo the bat dog oh right milo's milo milo will be there <laughs> <laughs> And then Sunday first responder. So Rochester, uh, with that, Syracuse Mets forty-two and fifty-three, uh, moved to ten games back. Still remain ninth though in the IL East. Five and one Omaha win on Tuesday. Drew Parrish picked up the win. Tim Edelman the loss. Uh, Swayi Lynn went one for two, uh, RBI double on the walk. JT Riddle one for three with a run scored. Edelman, uh, you know, all things considered, I thought pitched pretty well. Uh, you look at the line, four innings, maybe not the distance you like, but six hits, three earned a walk, six Ks. Really did leave them in it. I mean, at that point, it was a 3-1 game still uh, for the S-Mets. And then last night, Wednesday, Omaha, 10-4 uh, victory. Carlos Hernandez picked up the win. Jacob DeGrom got credit with the loss. Kramer Robertson, three for four, a walk in a stolen base. Mark Ventios hit a two-run home run, picked up another RBI base hit along the way. And then Terrence Gore really doing the work at the bottom of the lineup, two for four in an RBI. 
couple news and notes for them. Nick Gaddis, third baseman, was assigned to high A Brooklyn. Catcher Nick Dinney was placed on the seven-day injured list. Then right-handed pitchers, right-handed pitcher Eric Orzi, and then as the aforementioned JT Riddle were both activated off the injured list. So uh, home through the weekend uh, for the S-Mets, as we already mentioned, dollar Thursday tonight, Army-Navy game tomorrow, Dwyer Brown appearance in New Jersey giveaway on Sun on Saturday and Sunday, Christmas in July. Um, look, both these teams just rough kind of out of the gate a little bit, but that being said, uh, both teams are kind of showing some life even then within these games. Yeah, the biggest thing was with the Red Wings is consistency. Like, remember they lost uh, that long road trip. They, mm-hmm. I think it was like ten yeah. in a row. Yeah, well, it got swept by St. Paul. And here we go. We got seven straight losses, I believe. Now, mm-hmm. it's just weird how they 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 go on long winning streaks and they lose a, a, a lot, and they just gotta be more consistent. I think. Right. Not to interrupt you guys, but Rochester is up one nothing. Jake Alou solo shot. Nikki Banks just hit a triple. Jake Alou. Jake Alou, yeah. Talk about a nice little bat that's come up from Harrisburg the past couple weeks, Jake Alou. Mm-hmm. And Nikki, you said Nikki, Nikki, Nikki two Nikki bags? Nikki two bags hit a three bagger. Oh, Nikki three bags. <laughs> Scranton still wins that game. Nah. Yep. All Rochester all day. It's plate day, baby. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, some positives at least to take from it. Like I said, I mean, they, they, there's stuff going on with both these teams that, um, you know, baseball things, I call it, where, hey, things change and you never know what could happen. All right, that does quickly. It. Oh, uh, some more Yankees news. Davy Garcia has finally been reinstated from the injured list. Oh. He's going to start the doubleheader in uh, with the with the Patriots. Oh, interesting. Yep. How about that? Haven't heard that's a name. A that's a, well, that's a name I've heard kicked up in some trade rumors as well. Yeah, ship him out. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> jeez, Kyle Evans. That'd I hope he. Feisty. I hope he dominates today, and they just ship him out. <laughs> well, it'd probably be nice for the trade value aspect of it, but. Anyway, that does it for Concrete Jungle today. Any uh, parting thoughts before we head out of here, boys? No, just hopefully Yankees sweep mm-hmm. and make some trades. All right. I think I'm going to make my return to Frontier Field on Good. Saturday night. Good. I Good believe to see Milo. so, anyway. Yeah. Um, please, please. It's in July, too. Please, if you can, give him many pets for me. Uh, many boops will be given, don't many worry. Many boops, many Tritos for the goodest boy. What are you up to, Paul? Anything? I actually. <laughs> Uh man, anytime I say this, people laugh, but I need to I'm going back to Erie, Pennsylvania this weekend to defend my beach volleyball team championship crown. So Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Best of luck. I hope to not see you injured on Monday morning here. It's entirely possible. I don't my knee my knees will be letting me know if they're still there or not. Yeah, don't blow out your knee. Uh I think I might be seeing some baseball though in Erie on on Sunday. They have a double A team there. Um they're playing the Phillies double-A team, so I think we're going to try and get to the game Saturday night after the fact. So uh, we'll be we'll be fun. I'll, I won't be completely not baseballed out over the weekend. So uh, anyway, uh, this has been Concrete Jungle. Uh, if you can't watch live here on YouTube, catch up anytime on YouTube. You can watch back there or on Spotify, or you can listen on Spotify, Anchor, and other major podcasting platforms. For Kyle Evans and Nate Charman, I'm Paul Russo. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, We will talk to everybody on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend.